Test, test, one, two, three. <laughs> Jobber's Club. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> hey, how's it going, guys? This is Nick Vogel here with Jobber's Club. Uh, and I have my co-host with me. Nicholas Cole, baby! Hey, how's it going, Nick? It's going great, man. How you doing, Hey, man? I'm Vogel? glad to be recording this first episode, man. We've been talking about doing this for a while now and finally getting everything to pull together. Hell yeah, I'm excited, man. Gonna get that WrestleMania trip down. Oh, talk yeah. about that. Let's go ahead and talk about WrestleMania 35, New York, New Jersey. Oh, jeez. That was an awesome time, I gotta say, man. That was, you know, thanks for having me go with you, man. It was, Ain't no problem. Was... Let's talk about that. First off, me and my girlfriend, I was supposed to take Jenny, my girlfriend, out there, get her a proposal, <laughs> but instead I got her pregnant. So, now I got Vogel with me, and Vogel's going to New Jersey. We'll see I mean, WrestleMania 35 with I mean, me. Yeah, I mean, shoot. That's, that was pretty much the highlight of what we're talking about, you know, we you and me and 82,000 plus people, man, MetLife Stadium, New yeah. Jersey. I mean, that's that's a hell of a hell of a capacity. I mean, I remember, you know, going out that morning, you know, you picking me up, going to Detroit at, you know, the ass crack of the morning. You know, we're rock starting all the way out there, you know. We made plans. We're like, hey, you know, just there's stuff on your back. We're going. We're going to WrestleMania. You know, we don't need no hotel. We're not going to be there. Let's just go. And I was like, all right, dude, sign me up. That morning finally comes. You know, Jenny's taking us to the airport, you know, ironically. <laughs> and then we get on the plane, fly all the way out to Queens, New York, get out at LaGuardia Airport, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we flew into LaGuardia. And took after... the bus out to the subway yep, station. took the bus out to the subway station. That was, that was a trip all of itself, just to even go to the bus. But, you know, we finally get there to the subway system, and jeez. We make our right. way over, finally see the subway system, see uh, the Times Square, walk through Times Square and everything, enjoy ourselves, kill some time in New York City. Oh, yeah. And we finally make our way over to MetLife Stadium, talk to people outside while we wait to get in. Oh, How yeah. was that seeing the stadium? I mean, going up to the stadium, I mean, shoot, that was, I mean, I've been to other stadiums, you know, I've been to college football stadiums, I've never been really to a professional football How stadium. How was that compared besides, to seeing this one? You know, I mean, it, it's in comparison because, you know, I've, the only pro, pro football stadium I've ever been in was um, the, uh, not Superdome, but uh, Ford Field over in Detroit. And that one, you know, it, it's modern, you know, and then going out to MetLife and seeing a pretty much brand new stadium built. And going in there was just crazy. I mean, the seating was crazy. I mean, it just felt like you're on top of it, you know. And you I could guess, see New York in the background. In yeah, the you could. You could. You know, we were watching, you know, the replays on the jumbotrons, you know, of just us, you know, being there and all the pre-show and all that stuff. And you're seeing the lookouts of the stadium and you're seeing the skyline and all that stuff. And, and hearing know, the crowd was cool because yeah, you get hearing, everybody from around hearing, the world, all the different dialects, all the exactly different and accents I, and everything. And I remember, you know, just waiting in line, you know, take it back just a little bit, but just waiting in line, you know, we got there two hours, two, two and a half hours early. So you're just seeing everybody that's going to be filed into that stadium. You're seeing everybody that's, you know, dressing up like Jimmy the Mouth of the South, you know, Hart. You know, out there with a megaphone and a suit, looked just like him. I was like, man, I swear to God, if I had a double take, that would be him, you know. That's right. And I had then, my Hardy Boy shirt on, and I seen a lot of people walking around with their titles on their oh, shoulders. Yeah, yeah, and even having, you know, either their tag team, Intercontinental, you know, all that stuff. You've seen a lot of people out there with belts. And, you know, uh, we even talked to a guy that was even at the wrong entry uh, entrance uh, for the stadium. He had to go into a different entrance. And he just looked at us. He's like, well, do you know where this is at? And we're like, whoa, we don't know. You know, we're at this one. You're all the way. We pulled out our map. You're all the way on the other side. 
and found out that he was from England, you know, making a trip. And we thought, you know, I don't know about you, but I like to watch Water Culture Raw WWE on YouTube, you know, shout out to them. Uh, but yeah, I like to watch a lot of them. I was like, wait, is that one of the guys from Water Culture? You know, I was like, and then I was like, shoot, that would have been cool if it was. But, you know, they all travel in packs. But yeah, even hearing the iconic supporters that were coming in, you know, from Australia, you know, doing their little iconic, you know, thing and, you know, that was a sight to see, and it was everybody just there for one common thing, and that was just to watch a really good show. That's right, oh, everybody mixing it up before the show in the parking lot, good tailgate event type oh, yeah. thing going on yeah, before definitely. that, rubbing elbows with everybody. Yeah, exactly. So tell is. me about going inside the arena, getting down into our seat and everything, mm-hmm. everybody piles in, we see the whole crowd, oh, and, no, you know, we and, see everything going on, the show and, starts now. Yeah. Talk about the well, the pyro, the feeling. What did you feel when you see the pyro? I mean, the, the flyover I from felt, the planes. That was that was a cool experience. Just to, I think there were choppers this year, weren't they? Yeah, I think it was yeah. like the choppers. That's right. And yeah, they just flew over, and I was like, wow, you know, you see on the jumbotron first, you know, and once we see that flying over, we're hearing all the pyro going off, fireworks going off, you know, the singing of the Star Spangled Banner, you know, all that stuff. It was like, man, this is really a main time event. I mean, it's, you know, my first ever, may this be noted, my first ever live wrestling event I've ever gone to. You know, it just happens to be on a stage of Immortals. You know, it's just like, just taking that all in was like, shit. You know, what am I getting myself into? You know, type of thing. The it's show like, shows the grandest stage of them all. I remember talking with my friend Summer Ramirez. We talked about uh, WrestleMania going to a show live. You know, we talked about that work together. Finally, we got to go see Hell in a Cell in Detroit at the first pay-per-view at Little Caesars Arena. Mm-hmm. Seeing Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens in the main event. That was Oh yeah, one that, that hell of a match, and that man. was that was a steel cage match, wasn't it? That's right. So then, to, you know, be able to go from that to the grandest stage of them all, you know, that's oh, the yeah. mecca to the yes, wrestling is. fans, if, yes. in my opinion. Yes, and people always ask me, well, what do you compare it to? I was like, well, if you're a football fan, it's like the Super Bowl. That's right. You that's know, what I if say you're, you know, myself. if you're, you know, a hockey fan, it's like the Stanley Cup Finals. You know, it's all of those championship moments built into one. Uh, sports entertainment. And it's not just a matter of do you like it or not, and like your opinion on it. It's you know look at the facts. Where there's eighty two thousand plus oh, yeah. people there. Yeah, you just, know whether you, you like know, it or not. Exactly. <laughs> the you numbers know, you, are there. Yeah, it's like it's crazy. You're seeing all walks of life in there. You know, you're seeing little kids wearing you know Ed Hardy shirts or not Ed Hardy. Sorry, wow, wearing the Hardy Boys shirts. You know, wah, wah. I know, I know. Gotta get the jitters out sometimes. But yes, there's a lot of Ed Hardy stuff. We were in New Jersey, you know, so guaranteed there's a lot. But no, the Hardy boys, you know, seeing little kids with their shirts on, you know, seeing little kids with Ric Flair stuff on. And you have the old adults with John Cena stuff even on, you know, and you're just seeing all of them. I remember a few rows in front of us. I do believe there's a guy. Uh, dressed up as Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, and he was a lot of people dressed up, up Kane, Undertaker, yeah, and Macho. He was just throwing out Slim Jims to people. I remember being mad because I was like, man, I really want a Slim Jim right now. <laughs> so let's talk about the matches we had that evening. Oh, what yeah. was your favorite match of the night? Oh, man, my favorite match of the night. I mean, I had a, I, I'd say I had about three of them, I want to say. All right. You well, know, you're, there you're was one, no... One, one and done. What was your one, one and done? done? Okay, my one and done, I don't know. I mean, I liked 
Lesnar versus Rollins for Universal. And that started the show. That did start the show. After I mean, the pre-show, I remember... which had four uh, four matches. Yes, yes. Then we start the show. First, er, first match. Yep, first match. Was your favorite. Yes, it was one of my favorites. I mean, that has to be, you know, like I said, I had three, but that's my probably my favorite right there. You know, just starting off the show, you know, you're seeing, you know, Hulk Hogan talk with Alexa Bliss. That was, you know, a moment that everybody was going nuts because, you know, the Hulkster was out there, you know. That's right, Hulkamania running wild at yes, WrestleMania. Yes, he was. And, you know, it was just that. After that, you know, you see Paul Heyman just bolt out back there. You know, I remember I was like, oh, crap. And then happening. it starts. It begins. Yes, it begins. You know, got a referee out there. Brock. Ladies and there. gentlemen. Yes. My name is Paul Heyman. The advocate for the beast. All right. So that and that's enough who, because we're probably going to get sued did now. Did you think, <laughs> who did you think was going to win that match? Going in there, you know, the, all the buildup, you know, even watching, you know, the Monday Night Raw and all that was before. And, you know, watching all that, you see that storyline progress. And as you're seeing that storyline progress, you're seeing usually nine times out of 10, when they build a storyline like that for a pay-per-view, they're going to have whoever has the belt get, you know, destroy whoever, you know, and that's setting them up, setting them up. And then you're always expecting, Hey, so-and-so is going to defeat so-and-so for the championship. You know, in my, in my mind that morning, I was actually feeling that Lesnar was probably going to do it. You know, it was just one of those situations where, you know, it was the beast. No one could defeat the beast, you know. And they made him to be like almost an Undertaker-esque type of commodity when he was at WrestleMania. But they're not having Lesnar lose the championship. I was like, well, it's the grandest stage, you know. Anybody can win. You know, anybody can win. Anybody. There's can a lot up. of belts on the line that night, I remember, you know. And even the pre-match even had the uh, cruiserweight change uh, hands that night. And I was like, man, I'd like to see Lesnar lose that. You know, and the next thing you know, the match starts. Lesnar's destroying Rollins, absolutely destroying him. And then all that happened was, you know, you've seen it before at WrestleMania with WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans. Shinsuke Nakamura did that low blow to AJ Styles after he won. Well, Rollins continued that tradition, I guess, and low blowed the beast, you know, and then the crowd just goes nuts. You know, absolutely chaos, you know, in the stands, you know. Gets him back in the ring, does a curb stomp. Everybody's chanting, one more, one more, one more. And then he does another one, and then we're not satisfied still, you know. We're ungrateful in the stands. We want him to do more. We want to see blood. We want to see all this stuff from the beast. And he does, I think, one or two more. And the next thing you know, he goes in for the pen. One, two, three. And then the look on Paul Heyman's face, though, said it all. It was almost like the look in which he gave when when Lesnar ended Undertaker's WrestleMania streak. It was almost like that same face, you know. It was just something crazy to see. And then all the pyro that went off after it. Seth up around, swinging the belt around like a madman, you know. It was just something that was so cool, you know. So that was your favorite match of the night, and that started the night. Yes. My favorite match of the night, end of the night, Becky Lynch defeated Raw Women's Champion Ronda Rousey and SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair in a winner-takes-all triple threat match. Oh, yeah, Becky Tuvel at the end of the night. That's right, man. I she mean, she Well, we had Charlotte Flair coming in dramatically, but yes. effectively with <laughs> a helicopter. A helicopter, yes. Yeah, she was styling and profiling. That's like right. Her daddy. And then we had Ronda Rousey coming down to the ring to mm-hmm. who? Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. That's Thank right. You. Good job, Vogel. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you can't put me on the spot like that. Man, no. Come on, man. <laughs> and then we had uh, her go ahead and defeat both of them at the same time. Yes. Walk away. Becky two belts. That's the end of the night. But in between those two matches, we also had 
Kurt Angle with his final match mm-hmm. against Baron Corbin. How'd yes. you feel against about that one? I mean, that one, you know, I was hyped for that night, for that one. I was like, yes, I can't wait for that one to start. I want to see Kurt go out, you know, chant, you suck, you know, and him and victory and all that, you know, and music hits for, you know, Baron Corbin and, you know, a flurry of booze just shouting down on him and he's just, you know, walking to the ring, you know, and I'm like, I hope Kurt Angle just beats the crap out of this guy. You know, I was like, that would be so fitting for him to finally get one over Corbin, you know, after everything that happened between them on Raw. You know, it's like, I just want to see that one last time. I'm giving him an angle, angle lock and just, mm, lay it to him. But, you know, going into that match, you know, I had high hopes for Kurt and then it was a shorter match, but, you know, it wasn't it wasn't too long, but I think it was longer for what it should have been the way that the outcome was. You know, if you wanted to make Corbin defeat pretty much an Olympic gold medalist, a Hall of Famer, you know, then do it quickly. You know, you had 15 matches that night, you know, and it was probably the longest pay-per-view event in their history so far of WWE. You know, there's there's some matches that you could have made longer. There's some matches that you should have made shorter, and that was probably the one. You know, retirement and all. You know, just have him have him go out, perform one last time. You know, he's he's having issues with his back and neck still. You know, just make it short, make it sweet. For me, I I liked the match itself. It was a good match for both the components, but I feel like it should have been more than what it was for his final match. Exactly, it didn't exactly. really highlight any of his key attributes, his highlight moves and everything. Like, sure, yeah. it had the ankle lock or yes. whatever here and yeah. there. I mean, come on. I mean, but he countered it so many times, it just seemed predictable after a while that, you know, you knew Corbin was going to win, you know. But for his final match, I feel like it should have been a little bit more, a little bit better, a little bit more memorable. But exactly. at least he got a match exactly. at WrestleMania true. for his final and, match. And was, if I'm not mistaken... Didn't we also have a surprise by the doctor of thugonomics? At WrestleMania. At WrestleMania. Wasn't that before the uh, Corbin and Angle, uh, Angle uh, match? I believe so. I'm not sure it was yeah, on that night, I think, though. Yeah, I know. I think it was on that night. But everybody was thinking, you know, since John Cena was there, you know, John Cena being, you know, the future Hall right, of Famer would up. help up and, you know, they double team him, you know. Okay. But it was one of those things that they didn't, that they didn't do. Yes, Elias. Yes, he interrupted yes. Elias. He interrupted Elias. That was what Elias's second or third WrestleMania that he's been interrupted at. I do believe by the so, Doctor Thugonomics yes, himself. Yes, John Cena. That was that was a he got one of the biggest pops that I think I've heard in a while that a wrestler get when he'd come out. You know, besides you know Undertaker, he's gonna get you know the big big ovation. But you know, and seeing, we've dropped the name Undertaker quite a few oh, times, yes. but. <laughs> This is the first WrestleMania since 2000 where The Undertaker did not show up at WrestleMania. And, and I remember, you know, after, you know, we're going to jump ahead a little bit, but we'll still come back to WrestleMania. Uh, you know, I remember coming home and tired as all hell, and I texted you, can't wait to see Monday Night Raw this night, you know, on Monday, you know. You're like, yeah, I can't wait to watch that either. And guess who pops up? Undertaker. And that's exactly what my girlfriend Jenny said was going to happen. Yes, and you got to yes. listen to the girlfriend sometimes. Exactly, and it's like if not you know, all the time, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You know, I'd be in the doghouse if I didn't. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's like I texted you. I remember texting you. I was like, "Are you serious? You decide to show up on the Raw after WrestleMania, but you don't want to show up during WrestleMania?" Okay, <laughs> but that's that goes hand in hand with uh, them highlighting the current superstars of today, and not just. 
trying to get the show over to the audience exactly. using legends, using people that they know are going to draw in a big audience, draw in a big name, use the big names, just bring them in. Yep. No, they're highlighting the people of today who yes, are wrestling and, today, and day actually, in and day out. And actually, that's actually bringing up a good point that you actually met, that you actually talked to someone that is actually high up in the WWE, and that answers the poll question, actually, for Yeah, Facebook. the poll question on Facebook was, did we meet someone famous or did we not? Well, what is famous? I mean, sure, it's famous to us because we love wrestling, but so that was someone famous. We met, who did we meet, Vogel? We met the first ever intercontinental champion, Pat Patterson. That's right. WWE Hall of Famer and first ever intercontinental champion, Pat Patterson and sat at the same table with us, less than five feet away, at a table at LaGuardia Airport on the morning flight out when we were heading to Detroit. And let's not forget to add to his statistics and all of his glory, too, but he was also a one-time 24-7 champion. That's correct. I mean, Amongst laugh at that many, if you many, want. 24-7 champions, yes. we have Pat Patterson. So I interrupted the intercontinental champion, WWE Hall of Famer, Pat Patterson's breakfast. He extended his hand in a godfather-like manner, and I shook it, and I made my way down to the gift shop, and I bought a pen for $5. <laughs> wow, $5. <laughs> made my way back to the gentleman, had him sign my WrestleMania ticket, and we discussed the superstars of the day. We discussed you know, how hard it's got to be day in, day out, on the road, weekend, you know, just... Going on TV, but those those matches in between on live events really have to take yeah. their toll on their bodies, yeah, man. They do. Their bodies, you know, it's a physical thing and a mental toll. So kudos to them. And Definitely. He said kudos. it's tough. So speaking of the, the superstars of today, let's talk about AEW superstars. Who's on your radar, Vogel? Well, my AEW radar has Lucha, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Two of the, I do believe, hottest tag team partners out there. Uh, you got Lucha, you got Luchasaurus, you know, dressing up like a dinosaur lizard person. You know, <laughs> it's just crazy antics. And you got a kid named Jungle Boy. I don't know how it does, but it works. It Jungle just, Boy, it just works. Jungle is Boy is Luke Perry's son. Yes, Luke Perry, the late great Luke Perry. His his son is wrestling. making his own legacy. Yes, yes he is. And I think I think that's pretty awesome. And that tag team is even going. Going pretty well. Let's see if they continue that in the uh, tag team tournament that they're going to be having on their shows. So I'm looking forward to seeing Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix, the Lucha Brothers, take on Young Bucks in a ladder match. And I think, in my opinion, I'm going to go with the Lucha Brothers to take this one home. Uh, the Pentagon Jr. was my favorite superstar in Lucha Underground and AAA wrestling. And I was a big fan of Aerostar, Phoenix. So, oh, yeah. I mean, to see Phoenix and him be part of the Lucha Brothers, I like to see them keep these championships and really make Definitely. make something big happen here in AEW. So, who else do you want to see uh, tonight or that night and uh, all out? Do you think CM Punk's going to show up? I mean, I hope so. It is Chicago. CM Punk is from Chicago. It would be nice to see, you know... Him just come out there, little best in the world type, Chicago flag, all that. would be nice to see it. It's going to be in the Sears Center, which is historic for all elite wrestling since it did all in the original pay-per-view event. So let's hope that it adds to the history of that building for this company by having one of the biggest technically free agents out there and sign CM Punk to a deal.
I myself would like to see him get inside a ring one way or another, oh, no yeah. matter where he shows exactly. up. Exactly. Uh, for sure, match, though, that evening, we got John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. Vogel, tell me who you think is going to go home winner that night on that match. I mean, I like both, but since I can't choose both, you know, I can't have it in a, in a you know, lame 10-second count out. But okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and I like I like Moxley. Uh, Moxley's got a chip on his shoulder. He's got an attitude. I just like his style. You know, I just you know, like I said, I love Kenny, but I think Moxley's gonna Moxley's gonna do something pretty good. I myself, I think Kenny Omega is gonna take it home. It's gonna be a, a knockout drag out match that night. Oh yeah, definitely. But definitely. Kenny Omega, he impresses me inside the ring. I'm interested to see that match and see who goes home a winner. So, Kenny Omega, John Moxley, you pick John Moxley, I pick Kenny Omega. Interesting. Oh, yes, All right. Let's see. So yes. <laughs> let's see. Let's talk about what's going on in WWE with their ratings war going on against AEW and everybody else. So, what's happening with uh, Wednesday night there, Vogel? Oh, Wednesday night, the wrestling fan is going to be busy. We got on TNT, we'll have the weekly showing of All Elite Wrestling. And on the USA Network, we're also going to be having NXT. Yes, you heard me right. NXT will be making the jump from the WWE Network to USA, creating a ratings war, essentially like what we had in the Attitude Era with WCW and WWF. How'd that go, Nick? It went good for WWE, not so well for WCW. Uh, I liked afterwards how you seen some of those superstars come back. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. we had Sting <laughs> come back, you know, twenty plus years oh, yeah. later. But, but then you also had like the Outsiders too, with yep. Scott Hall and True. You know, it's just swapping back and forth. It was cool seeing that, and you know, we got and, to see some superstars that we never even seen and in the WWE had ring. Even the staples of the WWE, well, at that point in time, WWF, and the, it was Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, who also made jumps to the WCW. You know, granted, it was later in their careers, but still, you had two of the biggest staples, pretty much, of their eras, jumping ship to a newer wrestling promotion. You know, I don't think you'll see that many big names jump ship from that time to time, but it'll definitely be interesting to see if anything does happen between that. We know how Vince likes his Vince likes his uh, you know his contracts the way they are with the waiting period before you can sign. But who knows? Let's see what they do in the WWE. I know one thing I like them not to do in WWE is give any more airtime to Shane O'Mac, Shane McMahon. Uh, love him, hate him. He does some great things in and out around the ring, but I'm tired to see him on my TV screen. Yes. What about you, Vogel? I am tired. I am glad that KO is actually putting him in his place right now. I am glad that that entire pay-per-view event, you know, you had KO keep his cool, you know, when, when the ref was distracted, you know, he kind of took a few cheap shots, but, you know, that's expected, you know, you got, he was, his job was online, let's put it that way. So, you're going to do anything to keep your job. But I've already seen... Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon do this feud in a Hell in a Cell. And like Hell in a Cell is supposed to yes. be the final chapter oh, yeah. of a rivalry yeah. in a storyline, I feel like. So oh, I yeah. feel like you the know, story should have ended there. But if you want to continue this feud, I mean, at what point is enough enough? I mean, he's still exactly. getting TV time. That is you know, true. The best in the world, sure. But to win in Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. that's when, for me, I got off 
where I didn't want to be on the bandwagon of Shane McMahon anymore. Exactly. And then he continued it in SummerSlam. Too. Not SummerSlam, but he continued it in um, WrestleMania, too, by defeating The Miz and The Miz's father at WrestleMania Anywhere Falls. It's taken away from the superstars of today on WWE Network and WWE TV. That's why NXT... Moving to Wednesday nights. Movie, uh, yeah, that's going to be a good move. I think uh, it's going to bring in a new audience. I like what they're doing with the music uh, in the intros. Oh, yes. They've been playing Slipknot all summer long, and then at the most recent takeover, they played On Sainted, which is a new single off the new Slipknot album, and I liked what they did. They did a good oh, show. Yeah, they did. Uh, they played the song, and they had you know show lights and pyro and everything to that song, so that was interesting. A good concert experience for the NXT WWE fan that was in attendance and watching, so it's good. It's good brand right there. NXT. How do yes. you feel about NXT? What they're doing? I right feel now? like it's a. It's definitely great. I mean, it can rival the main shows. And at the end of the day, I do believe you know enough's enough. I do believe that NXT will become the third brand, kind of like ECW. Exactly. Just and like that's 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 it. You NXT have so much is ECW. And like and like I do believe Triple H once said, "Don't quote me. I'm not quoting it directly. Paraphrasing, of course, that some of the talent may never make it out of NXT." Yeah, and I mean, it's ECW in the sense of we're talking about the ratings war and what's going on right now. And if you think back to what was going on between WCW and WWF, ECW was in the picture then. Paul Heyman was, you know, someone on everybody's radar then. And now he's here in the the background right now working for Raw, while Eric Bischoff, who's part of WCW, is working with SmackDown. Smackdown. So we have the, the people, the big players of... The, the the attitude era and the and Monday Night War going on right. I'm hoping the NXT brings in some people that we don't see, like people from Lucha Underground or AAA oh, yes. or Ring of Honor, yes. or New Japan Pro Wrestling, and, and even to the casual fan like this, the casual doesn't watch pay per view events that often. Even just bring it for them to watch on TV, they're gonna see the likes of Velveteen Dream. They're gonna see the likes of. Uh, Adam Cole. They're going to see the likes of the Undisputed Era. They're going to see, you know, even have the guys from NXT Europe, or not Europe, but UK come over, you know, have Walter there, have, you know, some of the bigger names, Pete Dunne, have them in that show week in, week out, have feuds, build it up, build it up to the next NXT takeover. And that's what I want to see for it. That'd be interesting. I like what Ring of Honor's doing right now. I think, uh, you know, they. They're the one that's not on anybody's radar right yeah. now. Yeah, Nobody really they're... talks about them as much. Yeah, it's because a lot of people consider it to be independent wrestling, which, you know, granted, Which they all they are. All they're are all independent yes. promotions, right? Yeah, just about, yeah. So if Besides, you, look at you know, it, WWE. Besides WWE, yeah. Um, actually, I think AEW just finally slapped the professional... Uh, Don't quote on us them, on but, that. Yeah. But... But, yeah, we're pretty sure that they finally... Uh, took that tag off of independent and became professional but yeah like you said ring of honor is one of those things that no one it's on no one's radar mostly because it's sometimes harder to find at night you know and if you're really looking for it you'll find it but they do have some good athletes down there jay uh, lethal yes jay lethal then you have the entire villain enterprises which i absolutely love briscoes yes the briscoes yes that tag team division that they have is a deadly tag team division even the singles and the and you know the single events are even you know just as good as the tag team, and I think that's what Ring of Honor is pretty much known for is lately of their tag teams. I was a big it? fan of Kevin Steen. Oh yes, before he came, Kevin Owens. Yes, but yeah, uh, do you want to tell them what they got in store for the next show? 
For the next show, we're going to have my friend Summer Ramirez. She's going to come in here and talk to us about Little Caesar Arena trip with me when we seen Hell in a Cell. We also it was we mentioned it earlier in the show. Shane yeah. O'Mac versus Kevin, Kevin Owens. Owens. We were there live in person. We're going to talk to her and talk to her about her experience about the show and what she thought about it. And we'll talk and, more about the current events going on in all of sports entertainment. And then we might even ask her if she finally thinks that this entire Kevin Owens and Shane O'Mac rivalry should just be put to an end. Correct. So look for us on our Facebook page. We're active on that daily. We have lots of polls going on, lots of fun stuff. We look forward to your posts. We're interested in your comments and your opinions. We'll include those in our shows along the way, so be sure to comment and like and subscribe to all our pages and everything, and we love our supporters. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. It's been a roller coaster of a ride recording with you guys. Other than that, I don't have much to say. Nick, do you? No, just take care, be good to each other, and let us know what you think below in the comment section. And also remember, any man with two hands stands a fighting chance. That was the quote by the greatest jobber of all time, James Ellsworth. Peace.